you'll never lose one battle. Because the battle doesn't belong unto you. And I'm going to make sure you leave the battle at the house before you go to yours. You leave that right here. The battle belongs to the Lord. I feel the spirit of the living God right now. I feel the spirit of the living God. I feel the Father in grace on me. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Let's go here. I'm going to just share this with you real fast. Glory to the name of Jesus. I never want to quit. Because this ain't hard. Wow, we got to start hearing that again. Faith come by hearing. If everybody tell you it's hard, you got faith that it's hard, therefore it's hard, even though it's really not hard. When you say ministry is hard, you're right, but that's not the truth. You can be right without what you're right being actually true. Ministry is a heavy way. He said, cast your burden upon me, for I care for Your job ain't to carry ministry. Your job is to carry the cross. And as long as you die, you'll stay alive. God, I wish I could preach to some preachers. First Samuel chapter number one. Watch this. Watch this. First Samuel chapter one. It says here, there was a certain man of Ramoth Zoing of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. Is that what your Bible says? The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Everybody say, shut up her womb. And her adversary, everybody say adversary. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. I'm going to stop right there. Father, we thank you and we bless you right now. I thank you for the presence of God that comes in a force and a grace of sending forth. I think that there's a sending forth that takes place today on earth as it is in heaven. We bless you and give you the glory, the honor, and the praise right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. All of God's people said amen. amen. What's interesting about this, and I'm going to just share some things. As my bishop used to say, I'm going to preach to Edwin and Danielle and let y'all listen in. That's what the bishop used to always say. So I guess I'll say what the bishop always said. Amen. Because you guys were in my heart as the Lord gave me this. Do you understand what Hannah's name means? 
Hannah's name actually means favor. Hannah's name actually means grace. Hannah didn't just have favor and grace. God named her favor. God, God, God didn't just give her favor. He named her favor. So every time he calls Hannah's name, he's actually speaking favor over her life. Favor! Come here. He can't speak to her without pronouncing favor upon her because he favors her so much. He's named her Hannah. He's named her favor, right? Now, now, although the father favored her enough, watch this, to name her favor, the Bible says the Lord had shut up. I need y'all to get this, her womb. She wasn't able to have a son in the, in, in, in the, in the world. She wasn't able to birth a child into the world. She wasn't in our case, able to conceive a work of God, a ministry into the Lord had shut up her wound and would not allow her to have a baby. And the father would not allow her to have a baby. This is so key uh, because he favored her. When God really favors you, favor ain't measured by what he allows you to do. Favor is measured by what he won't allow you to do because the intention he has for your life. He, he now, real favor is in what you tried to do that God didn't let you. Real favor is in what you thought you wanted and when you tried to get it, you couldn't get it. The greatest favor is when God shuts up your womb because he understands after you have it, you ain't going to want it. Somebody need to thank God that you didn't get what you wanted. You don't even want him no more. You don't even want her no more. You don't even want that no more. You better thank God God shut up your womb. That's favor. That's favor. Amen. Now, now watch this because I'm going to help you understand something. Because there's just certain things God ain't going to let you birth. Because he's favoring you. There's certain things that you're not going to be able to have that everybody else is having. There's certain ceremonies that everybody else is having you're not going to be able to have. There's certain events that everybody else is having that you're not going to have. But, and I'm going to share with you. And, God, and if you try to have them, God will shut up your womb. Amen. Why? Why does God shut up his womb? Number one, the Bible says Hannah wanted to have a baby because of her adversary. Read the text. He wanted to have, she wanted to have a baby because her adversary, somebody say we got an adversary, the devil. Her adversary provoked her sore. I'm going to get in trouble right here. Our motive for having something for God can't be because of the enemy. I know I'm going to get in trouble right there. We must protect our provocation. We are not to be provoked by our adversary to have something for God. Glory be to God. Come on. It ain't because it's getting bad, we got to do something. It ain't because the devil's taking over our children, we got to do something. It ain't because people are now walking away and families, we got to do something now. Why? Because that is not sufficient enough seed to impregnate us with the kingdom work. What the enemy is doing is too much of an inferior source from which to release what Jesus accomplished on the cross for the earth. Now, a lot of us say, man, I don't know what you're talking about. But 
if my target becomes the enemy when my target is supposed to be loving God, I'm in trouble. The kingdom isn't to be frustrated with the enemy with all of your heart. The kingdom isn't to hate the enemy with all of your heart. You don't qualify by how much you dislike the enemy to do something for the kingdom. The kingdom is to love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, all of thy mind, all of thy soul, and all of thy strength. If you are doing something because the adversary provokes you to, what you're doing ain't kingdom. Because it is not sufficient enough to express something. God. I knew I wouldn't get a lot of amens on that because we worship the devil in God's name. We spend more time talking about the devil than we do entering into presence. Faith comes by hearing. I magnify what I say with my mouth. Magnify the, if I can magnify the Lord, I can magnify the devil. The devil is always busy because you just magnified him. The devil, every time I take two steps forward, he got knocked me five steps. You just said it. Amen. When my target becomes the enemy and not the glory, I have God will close my womb because whatever I birth will not release the kingdom of God. It, it will not release heaven and earth. It may help. It may help humanity, but it will not expose men and women of God to the kingdom glory of God. When you're favored, only proper provocation grants permission to get pregnant. You cannot be provoked by everything. You got to be provoked with a love for God. If the adversary is provoking our desire to establish something for God, we have no permission to get pregnant. You know why? Because that means we are reacting to what the devil is doing instead of releasing into the earth what God has already done. I am not called to react to what the devil is doing. I'm called to release what has already been finished. So in other words, we do not break sickness. Come on, I'm trying to, you know why sickness isn't leaving? Because we don't have to break sickness in the earth. We release the healing that's already in the heavens into the earth. We do not break generational curses. You do not break. Every curse was broken when it was finished. I do not break a generational curse. I release regeneration that's in heaven into the earth. The answer for generational curses is regen. We said they're trying to break a curse and they ain't getting born again. The curse ain't going to be broken until they're born again. I don't care how many times you cast it, rebuke it, cancel it, until they're born again. Regeneration is the answer for generational. Y'all don't want to talk to me up in here. I bind it. I break it. You can't break it. It's already broke. You can release it. Amen. We don't break the spirit of heaviness. We release the garment of praise from heaven into the, we don't react to what the devil is doing in the earth. We release the it is finished from heaven into the earth. Submit to God. I love that verse. James 4 and 7. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Anytime we're fighting the devil is because we didn't submit to God. If you're fighting the devil right now, the devil ain't your problem. Well, the submission is the problem. Because when we submit to God, we do not have to fight the devil. Fighting the devil is a submission problem, not of he's an attacking me problem. Have y'all checked the scripture lately? In the book of Revelation, that says there's a man that rides on a horse. 
and that horse is a white horse. And he has written on his thigh, faithful and true. He has a vesture dripped in blood. And his name is the word of God. And he's riding on a white horse. And as he opens his mouth, there's a double-edged sword flowing out of his mouth. And there is an army behind him dressed in white. Who goes to war in white unless you ain't going to get dirty? Oh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. The only God, the fight, who goes to war in white unless you ain't going to get dirty? In other in other words, this is going to be a quick one. I saw Satan fall as lightning out of the sky. You know how God defeated the devil? He said fall. And walked away. You know what he's going to do at Armageddon? He's going to say die. We can go in white because we ain't going to get dirty. We ain't going to fight with one demon. We ain't going to wrestle with one devil. We ain't going to buy nothing. All we're going to do is stay behind the word. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, learn how to stay behind the word. Your job ain't to learn how to fight. Your job is to seek purity. My God, I'm about to whip the devil and I ain't going to get dirty. Why in the world are you putting on boots? Why are you putting on your church shoes and you said you're about to go to war? Why are you putting on your best shirt? Because the only way I can really war is submitting to God. I don't know, glory be to God. I'm about to war every time I lay on my face. Every time I give God glory. Every time I yield to his will. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, this is going to be a clean fight. See, what I need you to understand, man and woman of God, the mission is submission. I need somebody to say that out of their mouth. The mission is submission. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will... We don't have to fight him to go. We just come when we're properly seated in submission. Our coming means he's going because we're seated in a submission where he can't stay. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll what? From who? From a submitted son. Do you understand that as you sit to Hartsfield, there are certain demons and devils that are going to leave? There's dimensions of demons that are going to leave when you come. You are not going to have to run them out. All you got to do is show up. You are not going to have to bind them. All you got to do is hold your initial service. You are not going to have to wrestle with them. All you're going to have to do is walk around the neighborhood and divorce is getting up out of here. My God. Certain stuff got to go when you come because you're seated in submission. Somebody say submission is the mission. How do you know the devil is leaving? Because I'm about to come. You know you ain't going to say nothing? No, I'm just coming. When I come, certain stuff just got to go. You ain't going to be under anxiety around me. Anxiety sees me coming and leaves. Either you're going to run with it or it's going to run from you while you're with me. I'm not going to have to bind it. I just came. And I'm a, I'm a seated, submitted son. And when you submit to God, you have resisted the devil. Therefore, when you come, he...
Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, the mission is submission. If you're fighting the devil, stop fighting him. You ain't supposed to fight somebody that's already been beat. The reason why you keep getting beat is because you are now rescheduling a rematch. Why do you keep rescheduling rematches and he's already lost? You lose when you think you've got to beat somebody that's been completely beaten. I'm fighting the devil. Well, I know you're getting your butt whooped. I'm wrestling right now. I guarantee you're getting toe up. I'm just fighting through this. I'll go right on ahead. How's that going? Because you ain't supposed to be doing that. That ain't what you're called to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So number one, God shuts her womb. Why? Because she was provoked by her adversary. And that is not sufficient enough seed to do a work for the kingdom. Heaven cannot be established by focusing on hell. We cannot tell people how bad hell is to get them to go to heaven. We actually have to release heaven on earth. Amen. Why not show the evidence of heaven instead of saying how bad hell is? That's number one. Amen. You're called to show evidence of heaven. Not look at everything going on in Hartsville and saying, I got to fight that, 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 and that. No, just come. Come and love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Glory be to God. Love never fails. You won't fail as long as you learn how to love good. Learn how to be an extravagant worshiper. Learn how to host the presence of God. You won't lose. I, I, I am not a strong man. I'm just a great host. I know how to break out the glasses and say, come on, let's have this drink together. Let's break this bread together. God, if you breathe on me, I'm going to breathe back on you. God, if you touch me, I'm going to touch you. God, if you speak to me, don't think I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to speak back to you. God, if you laid your life down for me, don't think I'm not going to move this coffee table and lay my body on this living room floor for you. You learn how to host well. The second thing, God expresses high favor towards Hannah by shirting her wound because what's provoking her to want to have a baby is seeing Elkanah's other wife, Penina, with children. She sees Penina with children and says, I want children like Penina has children. Her motivation for conception is comparison. God to shut your womb. If you look at another ministry and say, God, you gave them that, when you going to give it to me? God, you did that for them, when you going to do it for me? And I know the baby church taught us to do that because we weren't mature enough to recognize that we were comparing ourselves with ourselves instead of seeking the glory of God. Glory be. It's something Paul told us not to do, but much of the up-and-coming lead church leaders who desire a, a birth a ministry work for God in the earth, their desire is trapped in a dimension called comparison conception. What they want to birth for God is based off of what they've seen Penina birth for God. They built a church, God. When are you going to let us build a church? I'm waiting for my turn. They hold the convocation and started a fellowship. When it's going to be my time to hold my convocation and start a, a, a fellowship? They had a taste of so-and-so. 
Why not us have a taste of our church? I'm going to warn you right now. Don't you dare look at that stuff around you and look at Penina and say, God, give me a child like that. Don't you dare do that. Much of what's birthed in the realm of ministry today is not by divine inspiration. It is by comparing men with men. And I'm telling you right now, when God loves you, he won't let you do it. You know why he won't let you do it? Because none of Penina's children were in the book. None of them. We don't know none of their names. We don't know nothing they did we have no record of them they have no they made no legitimate kingdom impact their ministry did nothing when they died man forgot about them and God forgot to bring them back up God said Penina's children ain't even worth telling you their name So you won't be having a taste of such and such. And although everybody in the world likes going to them, you're going to have generational impact. Glory be to God. Do you understand? You're not called to have a penina purpose. You're called to establish a Hannah house. You know what Hannah can do? Hannah can have a Samuel. Yeah. Hannah can have something that can take a horn. You know what Samuel did? He had the ability. He could fill his horn with oil and he could anoint the next generation. So what was in him could be on his side. Son, and what was in him could be on his son and what was in him I'm here to tell you 500 years from now there's somebody that's going to be pouring horn out of your oil oil out of your horn we're so busy for looking for success that we are disqualifying ourselves from generational succession I don't care what the church down to. They had 500 people show up. I don't care if 500 people show up. All I need is about five or 120. If God without the internet, if God without Facebook, if God without airplanes, if God without boats could take 120 illegitimate looking people and turn the world upside down, I don't have to copy your marketing plan to do a move of God. I not have a taste of risen assembly because those around you are having a taste of their church. You will not have a va va vacation Bible school because those around you are having a vacation Bible school. I ain't knocking you if you're doing that. That's fine. You will not focus on self-promotion while other people are trying to promote themselves. You will focus on sanctification. You will trust that your rod will bud in the dark. You got an, a rod called Aaron. I don't care if ain't nobody watching you. I don't care if nobody's seeing you. When you refuse to try to be seen, God will reveal you in his due time, the word will come to you. Your rod shall bud in the dark. Because you refuse to trade in being the image of God in the earth for being a lesser version of somebody else. People are going to come to your church and say, this is that which was written. 
you're going to be in the book. People are going to come to your church and say, man, there is healing in this church like it is in the book. People are going to come to your church and say, there's power in this church like there's power in this book. People are going to come to your church and say, there are marriages in this church like marriages in Genesis 2. People are going to come to your church and say, the same glory that I read about in the, in the Bible is in this house. When you refuse to have a Penina, God will make you a Hannah house and allow you to have a Samuel where people will come to your church and say this is written. You want to be forgotten? Keep copying. People forgot about what you talked about before Sunday was over and God was glad. Because it had no Glory in bringing heaven into earth. You will have a Hannah house. Your church will be in the book. You won't be known for your marketing schemes. You won't be known for your promotional strategies. You won't be known for your contemporary trends. Like those around you, but you will have a Samuel. You will have something that can pour oil on the next generation. God is going to guarantee your seed shall own something. God is going to make you a promise beyond your lifetime and say, because you are who you are, I'm going to bless your children's 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 children. Because now Abraham, because Levi gave tithes in Abraham. Glory be to God. The Bible says that Levi gave tithes in Abraham. Levi, who is now the head of the Levitical priesthood, is four generations down from Abraham. But when Abraham now meets Melchizedek, after now the slaughter of the kings he gets the victory he now gives Melchizedek a tithe of all and the Bible says that because Levi was in Aaron when now I mean when Levi was in Abram when Abram gave the tithe that Levi paid tithes in Abraham and so what Abraham gave to God God gave back to Levi because the Levitical priesthood gets the tithe whatever you give to God God said I'll give it back to your legacy I'll give it back. He was able to get back from God what Abram gave to God because Abram wanted to be a father more than a star. Watch this. First Samuel chapter 1 verse 9. I'm going to speed up take my time and send you right. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. Right? I'm going to read verse 11. Ultimately, God shut her womb, but, but then Hannah shifts. She shifts. She makes a shift in the midst of this interaction, and her now motivation shifts. Look at what she says. She says, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, 
and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Hannah's motive now shifted from wanting a son to have a son like somebody else, or wanting a son because of the adversary, and her motive was, I just want something that completely belongs to the Lord. I want something in earth that exclusively belongs to the Lord from heaven. God, if you give me a child, if you give me something from heaven to birth in the earth, all I want it to be is something that completely belongs unto you. Samuel embodies the kingdom. Thy will be done. He is the embodiment of the kingdom. Something in the earth through man that completely belongs to God. She said, I'll give you back to God. In other words, what Hannah said in short is, I want the kingdom now. I'm tired of wanting a stage. I'm tired of wanting my season. I'm tired of warning what my fellow preacher has. God, if you give me something, it will completely belong unto you. Amen? We can only birth when we understand what we get, we're going to give back. Amen? Not only did Hannah commit the son she would have exclusively to the Lord, she also said, a razor shall not touch his head. I'm going to help you understand. She shifted. She said, she, she said, now a razor shall not touch his head. In other words, when I give this child to the Lord, I am going to give him to the Lord under the Nazarite vow. I'm a giver to the Lord. I'm going to give this to the Lord under the Nazarite vow. And, and, and that means no razor shall touch his head. That now, I, I, everybody say Nazarite vow. Because the Nazarite vow prophetically pointed back to the man from Nazareth. I'm trying to help y'all understand something in this. The Nazarite vow prophetically points back to a man from Nazareth man, named Jesus who was actually the head of the church. You shall not shave it. That's the Nazarite vow, and Jesus was the man from Nazareth who was the head of the church. You shall not shave it. The, the, the hair is what's on the head. What God is saying is if you're going to birth something, if you're going to be a Hannah house, if you're not going to birth another version, try to do a better version of what somebody else is doing, but you're actually going to do the kingdom, then you're not going to be able to shave the head. Uh, the hair was on the head. You know what was on the head? Power was on the head. Uh, that's the hair on the head. Uh, miracles were on the head. And God said, don't you shave it. Don't you now have church without expecting miracles. Don't shave the head because miracles was on the head. Healing was on the head. Don't have church and not expect healing. Don't shave the head. Don't shave off heaven on earth. Don't shave off the presence of God. Don't shave off transformation and start trying to be people's cult coach and life coach. You're not called to be a coach. You're called to be an image bearer of God. Don't put no razor to the head. In other words, don't change the church's purpose because you don't believe you can function in what the head functioned in. Come to this church where you can get line-by-line line teaching. No, that ain't what the Bible says. Are you shaving the head? He said, come to church so you can be conformed into the image of God. You can learn all day. That don't give you the life of God. We cannot mistake intellectual growth for spiritual growth. It's not about how much you learned about Jesus. It's how much you became like Jesus. That's how much you actually grew. 
come to this church where you can get your praise on. Stop shaving the head. Mm-mm, that ain't what you come to church for. You come to church because the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Even worse of all, come to this church because here it's like a hospital. We're just a whole bunch of sick people needing IVs and painkillers. Come here. We're, no, 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 no. Stop shaving the head. He never said the church was a hospital. He said now, oh, he said literally by my stripes, uh, you were, glory, uh, you were healed. You don't come here to cope with a sickness. You come here because sickness ain't allowed here. Now, we got to stop shaving. You know why we ain't birthing kingdom? Because we keep shaving the head. And calling a purpose, our purpose, that ain't nowhere in this book. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. If I do that, it might go over a little bit better. Man, come here where you can learn how to think. No, you come here to get the mind of Christ. We don't need people to coach our mind. You, you come here because you can get the mind of Christ here. Hallelujah. Somebody say Hannah House. Until we stop shaving the head, and I'm almost done, we are not permitted to function as a Hannah House and release the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And our ministry won't carry the weight of generational succession. Everybody say generational succession. God is looking for individuals who can leave footprints after they're gone. That's what he's raising up in this season. Now think about this. And I want y'all to think about this real good. And I ain't going to hit you with much more. We're going to go into the next part of the part of the um, service, but I want you to think about this too, Edwin and Danielle. Think about Delilah shaving Samson's head. You know Samson was a Nazarite. Think about this. Delilah shaving Samson's head who was under the Nazarite vows. Samson was his hair, right? Is a prophetic pointing to walking in a penina purpose, trying to do ministry based off of the provoking of the adversary. The only time Samson wakes up and shakes himself is when Delilah says, the enemy is upon you. He doesn't respond to anything else but the enemy. Samson, the enemy is upon you. And he gets up, shakes himself, and then moves in the power of God and goes right back to sleep. And, and now she has to say again, Samson, the enemy is upon us. He only operated in his strength in response to the enemy because he was more enemy now, enemy instinct, than he was glory instinct. The only thing that could wake him up was the enemy. Now think about that. So all Samson could do over and over and over again was get free. He would get free to get bound, get free to get bound, get free to get bound over and over again. Don't that sound a lot like the church? Come to church to get a breakthrough. To come to church next week and get another breakthrough. To come to church next week and get another breakthrough. To come to church next week and get another Come and get a word for my situation to come next month and get a word for my situation to come next week and get a word for my situation. Amen. Don't that sound a lot like Samson? 
Amen. When when the head is shaved, listen to me closely, we're brought out of a worship dimension into a deliverance dimension. We're, we're stuck in a cycle of shaking ourselves over and over and over again. Faith becomes about being delivered and not becoming glorious. God did not save us to be delivered. He saved us to become glorious. For all men have sinned. And falling short of the sin is an aim problem, not an acts problem. When you don't aim for glory, you're already in sin. For all men have sinned and fallen short. I'm just aiming to make it through the week. Sin is an aim problem. You're not trying to be, we're not called to aim to make it through the week. We aim for glory. For all men have sinned and fallen short. We're not even aiming for glory. As long as I can make it through the week, as long as I get through this. The discussion becomes when we now are under a penina influence, the discussion becomes what God is working on, what God is freeing me of, or what God has freed me of, and nothing to do with going from glory to glory and faith to faith. Do you understand we're not supposed to go from um, bondage to glory? We're not supposed to go from bondage to faith. We're supposed to go from glory to a greater glory to a greater glory. We're supposed to go from faith to another faith to another faith. We're supposed to go from freedom to a greater freedom to a greater you don't get bound to get free you get free to get freed from your last dimension of freedom and then you get freed from your last dimension of freedom you just get free to get freer then you get freed from being freer then you get freed from being freed from being free from being free it's not bondage to freedom see the reason why many of us end up bound is because we've mistaken break out for breakthrough Breakout is when I get free. Breakthrough is when I advance. God gives us breakthrough. Amen? So our destiny, please hear me, isn't to be delivered. It is to be conformed to the image of the one that cannot be bound. God is not coming back for a house of deliverance. He's coming back for a glorious house. Did y'all hear what I just said? We're not called to have a house of deliverance. We're called to have a house of glory, for he's coming back for a glorious church. A church of 300 people and ain't nobody depressed. That's glory. A church of 300 people and ain't nobody an addict. That's glory. Come on, 100 married couples and ain't nobody fighting with divorce. Now, that's glory. A church full of people so free that when people who are bound come into the midst of those people who are free, they get freed by those people's freedom. That's glory. And the reason why we don't get excited about that is because we don't get excited about apostolic proclamation like that because we're so used to penina purpose that we think being delivered is being glorious. And so now we're just waiting. For Delilah to tell us the Philistines are on us again, shake ourselves, and once we get free from what tried to rebind us, we say we're walking in the glory of God. But that is not the glory of God. You know Delilah was telling Samson that the enemy was coming upon him? The enemy was telling him he was being attacked by the enemy. It's like, man, I, I fought off the enemy. Well, the enemy told you. The enemy was the one who told you the enemy was coming. You're still being ran by. Amen. What happens when the enemy is scheduling our fights? And so when we get the victory, we really didn't get any victory at all. 
Amen. God is carving out a people. He's carving out a people, and he's going to use you to carve out a people on earth as it is in heaven. And tonight, in this moment, and in this time, I call you and speak over you grace to birth a Hannah house. You shall have a Samuel. You will not have a Penina. What you do in Hartsville will change history. What you do in Hartsville will change the region. What you do in Hartsville will alter the culture. What you do in Hartsville will change the way churches do church. What you do in Hartsville will change the way preachers preach. What you do in Hartsville will bring a shift to that whole region because you are not going to do church like them. You are going to do church as the kingdom of heaven. Uh, thy will, you are a gate of heaven. You're being sent as a gate. And so now glory be to God. I'm not telling you you'll never do anything like other people around you, but you'll only do it as led by God and not based off of what I curse the Elionic priesthood you will not operate under the Elionic priesthood you will not be a priest of Eli hallelujah and you won't be believe the confession you know what Eli is Eli was an overweight leader. Now listen to what I'm saying because I'm not talking about obesity. The Bible says that he was now overweight and blind. It represents leaders leading heavy. He was, he was, he was a leader fighting with heaviness. And anytime you're heavy leading, you're blind. You know why? Because your purpose then becomes to get people free. Why? Because you yourself ain't. And that's not vision. And you know what God said? God told Eli, I'm going to cut off your priesthood. I'm going to cut off everything that piss against the wall. That's what he says about it. In other words, uh, in today, he's not going to kill what Eli produces. But what Eli produces won't be able to produce nothing. He's going to cut off Eli's ability to reproduce what it is. Right. You will not be heavy. Amen. You will always walk in joy. Amen. You will you. always walk in peace. You, you will always walk in confidence. You. you will never be worried. Yes, you will never fight with quitting. Yes, you will never want to give up. Yes. You will always trust in the Lord with all your heart. You'll always lean not in your own understanding. You'll always walk in courage. You'll always know everything is working out for your good. You'll always know that nothing the devil is doing is able to prosper against you. You shall go as a son. Listen, I want to pray right now. You know what I want to pray for? I want to pray because I believe that God wants to shift some houses. I believe that today, the Bible says there's times where God gives a, has a word where he prays that you have an ear to hear, and there's other times he actually wants to give you an ear to hear. I don't believe that you had it, have an ear to hear. I believe that in this season, God is called, calling me to give men ears. Hearing can give you ears to hear at a level you could not hear before. Amen? I, I want to pray tonight, and I want to pray for, for leaders. 
hallelujah, while I'm here and right before we go into this next portion of service, because I believe that the Lord, every leader in this house, I believe the Lord gave us access to light tonight. And we can stay in what we were doing or we can say yes to what God has given us. It's so easy to do what we know, but what, what if God is calling us to outside of what we know because he wants to do something we haven't seen? I need everybody standing to your feet. 